Welcome to Tracks Through Time. I'm your host and FreightWaves Deputy Editor, Brielle Jekyll, and I'm here to tell you about some of the most interesting stories throughout history in transportation and freight. And I'm here with Mary O'Connell, who is a fellow FreightWaves TV host, and today we are revisiting the rail industry again with a particularly harrowing tale. Hi, Mary. Thanks for coming back again as my favorite sidekick. Thank you, Brielle, for having me. I mean, it involves the rails, so you immediately know that I'm here and I'm excited for it because last time we had a train heist and this time, you know, we've got a big hero. Um, I'm very excited because this is the story that I don't know. So I um, could not be more happy to have story time with Brielle again. Yeah, so this is a um, more lesser known story in the history of rail, but it is captivating all the same. So today, our story focuses on bravery and heroism from the heartland of America in the late 19th century. And like you said, Mary, you've never heard of this. A lot of people haven't. Um, So we're going to head to central Iowa, where a young girl's courage and determination saved countless lives. So prepare to be inspired as we delve into the incredible story of Catherine Carroll or Kate Shelley. I mean, I'm personally really excited because, you know, nothing really exciting comes out of Iowa except corn, no shade to Iowa. So I love that there is, um, I love that we're going to have a story about it. Actually, on a side note, our heroine today never left the state of Ohio except to visit the uh, World's Fair one time. Well, she was actually born uh, uh, in Ireland and immigrated to the United States with her family when she was just one year old. The family settled near Honey Creek, a tributary of the Des Moines uh, River in Iowa's Boone County, and they grew into a family of seven. So she was joined by four other siblings. Unfortunately, Kate's life took an unexpected turn when her father, the foreman of a section crew building tracks for the Chicago and Northwestern Railway, better known as CNNW, tragically passed away after a long battle with tuberculosis. And then the family was left devastated again a few months later when Kate's 11-year-old brother drowned in the Des Moines River and her mother's health was failing. Kate, at just 15 years old, found herself shouldering all the responsibilities of the household and farm with no income. She was forced to drop out of school and take care of her family. That's like a super depressing, like, first, like, 15 years of your life. Like, your dad, your brother. And those aren't, like, those are, like, really sad and horrible ways to go, too. Like, that poor life. Life in the heartland of America in the 19th century was pretty rough. Rough and tumbled all the time. But they did have a few happy lives or happy years before tragedy stuck struck. Um, and then she worked very, very hard to take care of her family with her mother. Um, she was a young woman of incredible tenacity and self-reliance, and she provided for her for her entire family while facing challenges of life on the frontier, which is so much harder than you can even imagine. Um, but little did she know that her strength would soon be tested in a way that she could have never thought of. On the night of July 6, 1881, heavy thunderstorms swept through the region, causing a flash flood at Honey Creek. 
the powerful floodwaters washed away the timber supporting the trestle bridge that spanned the creek. A train crash echoed through the night, and it was Kate Shelley who heard the noise. Without any hesitation, she grabbed one of her late father's railroad lanterns and rushed towards the site of disaster. She was only 17 years old. That is a lot to just be like, oh, I heard a train crash. I'm going to go grab a lantern and just walk over there as a 17-year-old because, you know, I know that is what you do and people need help. But also, like, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, to have the tenacity, I mean, just to jump right out of bed and get to it was is pretty remarkable for a girl of her age. Um, and it just shows the tenacity that she held. Two crew members had managed to cling onto the branches of a large tree near the wreckage, but two others were missing. The men in the tree were trapped, completely unable to descend due to the worsening flood conditions. So they're trapped in the tree uh, in a tree as waters just ravaged the ground below them. Realizing the imminent danger, Kate made a quick decision. She knew that an eastbound passenger train from Omaha was scheduled to pass through the area at midnight, and if she didn't reach uh, the depot in time to warn the personnel about the collapsed bridge, another tragedy would befall Honey Creek, and it would be much worse than already happened. Armed with determination and her lantern, Kate embarked on a perilous journey. She trudged along the tracks, battling relentless rain and fierce winds. By the time she reached the bridge over the Des Moines River, her lantern extinguished, leaving her in total darkness. Undeterred, Kate dropped to her hands and her knees, and she crawled literally across the bridge with only flashes of lightning to guide her. And the river below was extremely treacherous, and sharp splinters dug into her skin, but she kept going. It did not break her resolve. That is insanely, like, as as an adult uh, that has seen flash flooding firsthand, that is insanely stupid to run out in a flash flood because you don't know when that's going to come and come and sweep you away, which isn't going to help anyone. But the fact that she even tried because, you know, she pro- she had lived in Iowa, so she knew about the flash floods and how dangerous they got. So, like, that is, man, that is that is next level, like, tenacity and bravery. Absolutely. I could not do it. No. <laughs> So after what must have felt like an eternity, Kate finally rose to her feet and she sprinted for at least a mile along the tracks to reach the the depot. Can you imagine after all of that sprinting an entire other mile? No, I can't even I can't even sprint like a fourth of a mile or like half a mile or any. I, I don't sprint. So the fact that she's just like woke up after a train wreck. I mean, I guess adrenaline is fueling her. But dang, I walked up the beach. this weekend and I thought I was going to die so (laughs) sorry so uh, I digress so uh, exhausted and completely soaked to the bone she shouted the news about the perilous situation at Honey Creek before she collapsed from just sheer exhaustion she just collapsed on the ground um, but her mission was accomplished and she had arrived just in time So the people at the depot acted very swiftly, and they alerted uh, another depot along the train's route to stop the impending disaster. The eastbound passenger train, which was carrying 200 people, they were able to stop it, which saved 200 people's lives and a potential catastrophe. Like Uh, that makes almost all the splinters in your hands and the fact that her lungs probably were like exploding and on fire. That that 100% makes it worth it. 
that's just that is an in- immense selfless that like act that she just did absolutely but that was only the start uh her journey was far from over once she kind of came to she really insisted on joining the rescue party to help the stranded crew members at honey creek so like you said she's already exhausted but you know probably elated that she was able to save 200 people but now she's not done she wants to keep going and and make as big of a difference and save as many lives as she can. So she joins the rescue party to help the stranded crew members, and she leads the way. And she guided the group through the horrible conditions that she'd already just been through until they reached the site. And with their combined efforts, they managed to rescue two crew members who were clinging to the tree, the ones I mentioned before. Um, But unfortunately, they did discover the lifeless body of another crew member all the way downstream, and a fourth was never found. I mean, if anyone's going to know the way of the wreckage, it's going to be the person that came from it. But also, like, that is that is also incredibly dangerous for that rescue team, too, because you never know when more water is going to come and could potentially sweep them away, too. Right. So that was her goal was was getting the group to the wreckage as fast as possible and as safe as possible. And honestly, it probably could have been a lot worse if she wasn't the one showing them where to go. I mean, those those men clinging to the tree with the with the water rushing below had didn't have much long. So the fastest route possible was was ideal. And she she got it done after collapsing from exhaustion right beforehand. But also like. If she was the if she was the only one like running, it's not like her and like a friend were running at two o'clock in the morning or whatever a- after this uh, accident. Like if she hadn't gone, then possibly all those two hundred people and more could have potentially died as well. Which that just goes to show the testament that well, you know, one person's actions can have on a whole bunch of people. Right, and so the the accident itself would have been. Uh, obviously, those two men holding onto the tree would probably be lost, but the bridge was completely gone so that that those 200 people would have just drifted right off the tracks had they not known uh, what had happened, that the bridge was, you know, in ruin. Um, but yeah, so that was she was able to save all those people. Um, she was able to save those two crew members. Unfortunately, those other two were lost. Uh, but her selfless act of heroism really did not go unnoticed. Uh, Her story spread throughout the entire nation, and she became a symbol of courage and resilience, which uh, is well-deserved. A lot of poems and songs were composed in her honor, and the passengers of the train she saved even collected funds as a gesture of gratitude. That's how thankful they were. That is so nice. That is so, so so sweet i mean they didn't have to do that but also she didn't have to go run out in the middle of the night after she heard a train crash so it's just truly like that positive circle of like what you put out you get back kind of thing life was hard and miserable then but i guess it made for more resilient and helpful people because i mean truly for the most part you couldn't get you couldn't do anything on your own you needed your neighbors you needed your community you needed people to help you make it better and, you know, survive. I think her not never leaving Iowa is another um, good, good indication of what the time was like, um, because it was obviously, as we know, it was difficult to leave. Um, so it just kind of really hones in on 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 the life that she was living at the time and, you know, how narrow her world was. But she was able to, you know, really 
um, make a big difference. Um, and so for years afterwards, the passenger can, train actually continued to pass by her house. house. So she often waved to the travelers um, coming through. And sometimes the train would even stop so passengers could say a quick hello, hello to her so they would meet the famous heroine and she would shake hands. That is um, so cool and something that would absolutely never happen today. Like, I, you could not tell me that Amtrak is going to stop in the middle of, like, <laughs> Illinois or Iowa right. in the middle of nowhere just so they, someone can go meet that. Like, that is insanely cool. And that's just the hallmark of that time then. And the train passed right through, like, right uh, through her yard almost just so she could see it from her house and they could see her house from the rail railroad. So it was kind of an exciting, she was just a part of the culture of the area um, ever since then because, you know, she stayed at the house. Um, and the recognition didn't stop there. The Order of the rail Railway Conductors presented Kate with a gold watch and chain. Um, and so she became a true American hero. And then in 1901, the CNNW honored Kate Shelley by building a new bridge over the Des Moines River and officially named uh, the Boone Viaduct, but it quickly became known as the Kate Shelley Bridge or the Kate Shelley High Bridge. Uh, and that magnificent structure stands as one of the tallest double track railroad bridges in North America. That is so cool. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And their website has a lot of information about her and her family and her story, which is really cool. That is so cool. I love people like that that are just like that are those the immediate helpers of like, you know, they um they they just jump in. They don't even think twice about it. Like they're just they're ready to be there and be a helper, which is absolutely amazing. Well, I also think that this is interesting, you know, her her being named or the bridge being named after her kind of just brings it into perspective when you think about all of the the random landmarks that are named or towns or roads, railroads uh, that are named named with people's names. And you always wonder, where did this name come from? Like, I have no idea where half of the 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 names in my town come from because we're a very historic town. Um, from like re revolutionary era and it's like you want to like it makes you stop and think like where who are these people and what are their stories and it, i'm i'm happy to have find out ha found out about kate shelley's i actually really like that um i mean i know where a lot of ours came from from where i live because it's where daniel boone or not daniel well we had daniel boone but also we had lewis and clark start their expedition here so i have everything's named after lewis and clark but of course one of the Cool things when I my first house that I lived in, um, it was on Blow Street, which is really funny, but it was actually named after um, the girl who started kindergarten, like who founded kindergarten for like at like kindergarten that we know today, like public school kindergarten. It was named after her. Oh, that's really cool. Susan Blow, that was her name. So oh, I just okay. like that because it was like a, it was, at first I was like, oh, this is just like a funny name. And then um, someone was like, oh, wait, yeah, don't you know, like, she's from here, like, she grew up, like, in that area. So they just named this street after her. And I was like, oh, so I'm casually living on the street named after someone. That's the reason that we have kindergarten. That's really cool. That's, yeah. We were the second to last battle in the Revolutionary War. So we have that. <laughs> hey, that's a big one. <laughs> but my town's name is Manahawk and named after a, a Lenape tribe. So <laughs> uh, my history goes back even further. Absolutely. We just go back to like Lewis and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, 
the uh, in 1955, the CNW also named one of their streamlined passenger trains the Kate Shelley 400, which made her one of the first women to have a train bear her name, which is super cool. Uh, so she's also an inspiration for for women. She also, you know, kind of um, set some landmarks in uh, in feminism history. <laughs> And in her courage and determination, uh, continued to inspire numerous generations, reminding all of us that a single act of bravery can change the course of history. Um, unfortunately, though, her life really didn't become much easier after her heroism. She continuously battled illness, poverty, and she had to fight to keep her family land. Um, the whole reason why the, the train accident was prevented was because of her life on that land. And she had to fight really hard to keep it, uh, which is which is a sad, um, a sad aspect of her life. And then she died in 1912 at the age of 48. Um, and it's actually said that the birth date, which is listed on her gravestone, is incorrect, um, which is an interesting note. But also, like, you know, small town Iowa, can you hook a girl up and like, you know, maybe just give her the deed to her own land? I know, right? They want people like you're going to stop a train, but you ain't going to give her the deed to her own land. <laughs> But she's still celebrated today, and um, I would like to thank uh, most of my information came from Kate Shelley Publishing, which is uh, tentatively launching a book. I don't know that I don't know if they have a date soon, but they will be publishing a book about her and her story, which is really cool. That is so cool. That is um, that is also perfectly timed. But also, I feel like you know we get, we're going to need more details, book writers. You know, we're going to win that book as reading professionals. <laughs> well, that is the end of our Kate Shelley story. And um, just to close out today, it goes without saying that quite a bit of media coverage today is filled with unfortunate transportation disasters. Um, but Rail in particular has held numerous headlines in this past year. Um, according to the most recent data from the National Safety Council, railroad deaths totaled 893 in 2021, uh, a 20% increase from the 2020 revised total of 744, uh, which was the highest since 2007. And this is all post-COVID. And this doesn't even count 2022, where we saw, you know, kind of the major most disasters. Um, not that they're, the East Palestine is kind of, you know, on everyone's minds lately. Um so it goes beyond injuries and death. It's 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 definitely uh, an issue that we face in this industry. Na Non-fatal injuries totaled 5,781, which is a 4% increase from the 20, um, 2020 revised total of 5,544. Um, from 2020 to 2021, fatalities at highway rail crossings increased 21%. And fatalities involving other types of incidents increased by 20%. Um, 617 deaths were attributed to trespassers. And 11 employees were killed while on duty, equal to the 2020 death toll. And there were six train passenger deaths, up from two deaths in 2020. I feel like, if anything, the whole reason that we have, um, that are my my hot theory on why we have so many train issues is maybe, you know, we just casually start investing in rail infrastructure because we've been kind of putting that off as a country. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I cannot thank those rail drivers enough. Um, I have some friends that are 
or worked in the railroad industry and uh, it's not an easy job and it's it's not great. So um, there are good, there are highs and highs and there are some pretty, pretty low lows. So I, I'm always very appreciative to those rail drivers and um, also just stop at railroad crossings, guys. It's not that deep. You can wait. But please bring us up on a high note with give us some fun bridge facts and trail train facts. <laughs> uh, well, as you know, it is me and I do love a good fun fact. Um, so I have a hot, I have a hot bridge fun fact for you that you may or may not know because uh, you're the queen of history. You might actually take the fun fact of the day because mine is really sad. And this has just been a very sad story. No, it's okay. It's okay. I got it. So um, you've played Monopoly, correct? Correct. Okay. So you know the infamous B&O Railroad. That is a thing. Yep. So it's at, it's the real, there's a real railroad, obviously. Um, and it was constructed in Maryland and it allegedly got its, the bridge got its name uh, in honor of Charles Carroll, which is a nice throw out, shout out to anyone that is really international treasure like I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's <laughs> Charles Carroll is the last living signer of the Declaration of Independence. Um, and so he was a director at the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad, the B&O Railroad. Um, and so he actually laid, laid that cornerstone for the Carrollton Viaduct on July 4th. Um, and the construction was completed the following year. So he kind of like started that giant stone archway, um, kind of like a really big archway you'll see out of like Aristocats or something. It's like the thing, but it's got a train on top of it. And yeah, I know I just referenced a Disney movie. It's fine. Um, we talk about that offline, but I don't think the reader, the viewers are going to know that imagery in Aristocats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, it's a stone archway and it has a, dr- a giant bridge or has a railroad that goes on top, um, but it's like a very large stone archway. Um, and actually, at that time when that bridge was done, so in 1828, when that bridge was constructed, um, it was the very first one of its kind that was curved and long made out of stone. Like it was completely, it was the first of its kind and it's actually still standing today. Um, and it, it still carries freight. It still carries passenger cars. Um, it is still standing, which I mean, is a testament to that time and the craftsmanship of the the masonries at that time. Um, but also not me in, you know, doing some light research for this episode, looking for a really good fun fact, um, that, uh, I don't encourage anyone to Google bridges from like the 1800s because they are terrifying they are terrifying like the fact that a giant train is going over some like rickety stuff um it's uh it's terrifying not gonna lie and if you want to know more about the B&O railroad and the history you can go to freight waves classics um and we have a whole little summary of that that's really interesting that that railroad has a um a cool start and it was the very first commercial transportation started 196 years ago well the thomas viaduct has a it it all comes back to national treasure and that's the thomas viaduct that um, was named in honor of charles carroll we should just have a fun fact off one day we really should and um i'll be able to tie 90 percent of it back to the national to national treasure probably (laughs) all right well that is all the time we have for today thank you everyone for tuning in that is we got more than just one fun fact of the day you got a bunch um and you can follow me on twitter at jake and to see what else we have going on at freight waves classics 
Um, and you can also email me at bjakel at freightwaves.com and tune in two weeks for our next episode on Freightwaves TV or listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. 